Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much for the way in which I've been hosted and looked after and my family's been hosted and looked after. I feel very much a part of the family. In fact, so much so that I had an Instagram message on my Instagram today from one of the young men here saying that he so loved my massage that I gave this morning. <laughs> I wasn't quite knowing, Blakey, what you're on about, but anyway, uh, thank you anyway. I'm glad that it went beyond the message and it massaged something. <laughs> Oh, very interesting, isn't it? Well, hey, friends can talk like this, is that right? Anyway, I spoke to Pastor Tony this afternoon. He's doing well. I asked what he's doing tonight. He said, well, after I go to the gym, of course, he's having an early night. So I said, you do it. Enjoy your early night. I don't know what early night means for him. But uh, they, they, had, they had a great day and uh, they said their love to you. And so really looking forward to sharing with you tonight. As was mentioned, if you weren't here this morning, I've actually just preached one message all day. Not the same message, it's just a continual message. So tonight is the finale of that message. Or say finale, it sounds like it's the end of the Olympic Games or something. Tonight is the finish of that message. Uh, but hopefully it is the finale. Uh, as really preparing for what God wants to do tonight. Tonight is an activation time for us as a church. And uh, I'm going to share that in a moment. You'll notice the musicians haven't gone because I really believe God wants to do some stuff in our life tonight. I've been speaking out of Second Chronicles chapter 20, the whole journey of uh, Jehoshaphat. And the fact that he was in a situation where he found there were three armies coming against him for the and he, he didn't know what to do. And my message tonight, or message today, is called Sideswiped or Set Up. Sideswiped or Set Up. And sometimes there's things in life that sideswipe us. I know this church, and I know people and friends of mine have gone through some major sideswipes in their life. And you've gone maybe through some difficult times. You know what it's like? You're travelling down the road and you, you got... You're just minding your own business and someone comes alongside, they either hit you from behind in a car or on the side. You're just not expecting it. Life changes because something happens that you were not expecting. And those side swipes can either paralyse you or you can use them to set things up that glorifies God, to take things further and let God be glorified in the situation and, and allow God to do something that you would never expect or imagine. And here in the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles, in chapter 20, Jehoshaphat finds himself in a sideswiped moment. He's enjoying life after he'd been to war and nearly, nearly got, got taken out by the Aramaeans two chapters earlier. And if you want to read a very funny story, go and read that with him and, and, and Ahab, the king of Israel. But what happens here is in a situation where he hears that there's his army going to come and take him out. I'm going to quickly give you the six points I gave this morning because we've got two more for tonight. Is that all right? So the six points were, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter. You need to read the chapter and have a look at that because we don't have that much time. But what happened is these people came in and said, 
Hey, Jehoshaphat, these three armies are coming to take you out. They've come against you, Jehoshaphat. And it's interesting, they weren't coming against Jehoshaphat, they were coming against Judah. They were coming to take the land of Judah. But isn't it interesting how the enemy, the people who will speak, will come and talk and make it personal? Right, this sideswipe thing, it was tried to make personal. This is against you, Jehoshaphat. Like, they're having a go at you. And it wasn't having a go at Jehoshaphat at all. It was having a go at Judah. But the enemy tries to isolate us and make it about us. And there's things that happen in our life, those sideswipes that happen in our life, that the enemy will speak into your head and say, it's about you. It's not about everybody else, it's about you. Now, on su- last Sunday, I sat here in the 10 o'clock service and so enjoyed the message from Pastor Rob Rufus where he talked about this church is being promoted by God. This church, there's going to be a promotion for more influence and more prominence in the community. And I sat here very excited about what God wants to do in your church and through your leaders and through you. But you know, when you hear that, you can easily say, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome for the church? Isn't that awesome for Pastor Tony and Kath? Isn't that awesome for the leads? I'm so glad our church is going to be Elevated, our church is going to have prominence. Let me tell you, it's not about the organization of Victory Church. You are the church. And so, what, what he was saying is, you're going to get elevated, you're going to be given off the ability to be promoted. There's going to be things open to you that God wants to do. And so, in saying that, things do come at a cost sometimes. They do come at a cost. So, here's the situation Jehoshaphat. They're coming against you, Jehoshaphat. The enemy tried to separate him, tried to make him vulnerable, tried to bring him into a place where he was isolated. But I want to tell you, it's not his fight and it's not your fight. When you get sideswiped, it's not your fight. It's God's fight. It's his fight. The second point was beware of the some people voices. It's interesting in this scripture, it said some people came to Jehoshaphat and said, hey, this vast army is coming against you. Some people, unnamed people, people that don't have names, faithless people, the people who want to tell you the obvious, the some people. We have some people in our lives all the time that tell us the obvious, but they come with no faith, they come with no strategy, they come with only very bad news, and they state the obvious. We've got to beware of the some people voices, but later on in this scripture, there was a a guy by the name of Haziel, And Haziel got the word of the Lord. And he says this, Hey, Jehoshaphat, cheer up. It's not your fight. This fight is the Lord's. God's going to give us victory. And Haziel was a voice that brought the word of the Lord. Haziel had a name. He wasn't a some people. He wasn't a they. He had a name. He He had a name. And that name meant beheld of God. What a name, beheld of God. God looked at him, beheld of God. Haziel, there's voices to listen to and there's not voices to listen to. Don't listen to the some people voices. Listen to the voices that have the Word of God, that want to encourage you, that want to lift your eyes to believe and see. See, there's other voices. Number three, this is what we talked about this morning, by the way, so you're just sort of catching up. Turn your fear into fervour. Jehoshaphat said he was alarmed. Verse 3, alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire the Lord. The New Living Translation said he was terrified. He was terrified. But he didn't stay there. He didn't stay there. He went and inquired of God. See, it's okay to be human. 
when things happen, it's okay to freak out. It's okay when that side's like, it's okay to go, Lord, what the heck is happening here? But don't stay there. Don't stay there. Allow God to encourage you. The fourth point was magnify to nullify. Magnify to nullify. What happened? Jehoshaphat went and prayed and he lifted up the name of Jesus and started to talk about God, what He'd done and who He was and that He could do this again. The fifth point was this, look back to move forward. He started talking about what? God, You did this here, You did this here, You rescued us here. See, there's a looking back to go forward. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter by looking back. Bring the victories of the past to sustain your present, to propel you into your future. Talk about what the great things God has done. It will sustain you in your present and it will propel you into your future. Number six was this. I'm flying through. Stand in His presence. You see what Jehoshaphat went and did? He stood. He said, God, we've got calamity. We've got war. We've got enemies coming against us. But we can always come and stand in your presence. We can always come and stand in your presence. Church, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Seriously, some stuff happens that will come right out of the blue, but the presence of God does not disappear because that happens. The presence of God is ever-present. He's here. He's there for you. He's there for you to stand, not to retreat. He's there for you to stand in the comfort that God has this. So I want to encourage you this morning as we move on. And I just might take a little moment in looking at this that we actually just read from verse... 14 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Sorry, I flew through that because I want to make enough time for this. So Jehoshaphat had all this news sent to him and he starts to cry out to God. Verse 13 says, All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. The Spirit of God came on him. Verse 15, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, Tomorrow, march down against them. They'll be climbing up by the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekio. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord 
and to praise Him for the splendour of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and, and Moab and Mansia who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites, the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they'd finished slaughtering the men of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place, they overlooked the desert and looked toward the vast army. They saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. And they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect. That's pretty good, isn't it? Not only were they dead to get everything that they left over. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Berakah, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the valley of Berakah to this day. What a great victory. A great victory. I said in the 8.30 service, who loves a great victory? Who loves great victories? Let me see your hand. Love a great victory? Yeah. Port Adelaide might get one one day. Anyway. We love great victories, don't we? But you never get a great victory without a great war. Now, if I asked you, do you love, who loves a great war? Might, not many of you might have said, oh, I don't know about that. But we love a great victory because we know about the victory. And that's what it's like living with Christ. You know you're going to get the victory because it's already won. But it doesn't come at the cost of a great war. And church, God wants to do something in your personal world and in your life this, this evening that I believe is going to break open for you to walk into the promise God has for you. Here's point seven. If you want to write this down. You've got to faith the promise. You've got to faith the promise. See, the prophetic word was given by Haziel. The promise was given that God was going to do the fighting for them. There was a declaration that God was on their side. God was now requiring of them to do their part. It wasn't just God saying, well, it's going to happen and the people didn't have to do anything. They had to play their part. They had to add their faith. God was now requiring a spiritually faith-filled response. He said in verse 16 here, tomorrow march down against them. The prophetic word was given. The promise was given. Now God was saying, now you, now you do your part. Immediately, when you get up tomorrow, I want you to march. Interesting. He didn't say walk. He didn't say just gather. He didn't say just have a skip. He, didn't, he just said, hey, I want you, because you know in marching, when you march, it's deliberate. See, marching is deliberate. When you march, you're in step. When you march, you're beside people. When you march, you're under authority. I want you to march down. I want you to be under authority. I want you to be in step with others. I want you to be in vision with the other people. There's something about here in the church. See, you can't march by yourself. You need to march with others. Otherwise, it's just a walk. Got to march together under authority. The promise is given. Now it's up to us to respond. March down. Be organized. Be positioned. You know, 
There's a beautiful story in Matthew chapter 2, chapter two where uh, the angel of the Lord visits the Virgin Mary and says, Hey, Mary. She freaks out. This angel appears. He says to her, Hey, you're going to have a baby. You know, he's going to be the saviour of the world. You're going to call him Jesus. Now, Mary, some say she was 14, some say she was 16. She just looked at him and said, Hey, uh, I can't have a baby, you know, like there's things you've got to do. And I'm a virgin. That's not going to happen. And the angel didn't get into a debate with her. He just started to speak the Word of God over her. He started to declare what happened with her cousin Elizabeth. and said, you know, your cousin Elizabeth, she can't have a baby. She's actually with child right now. And she goes, well, how did you know that? How did you know that? And he starts to encourage her faith. And her faith rises. But she did one thing only. The promise came from the angel. You're going to have a baby. He's going to be the saviour of the world. His name's going to be Jesus, the Son of God. She could have said, wrong Mary. Uh, She lives next door. I ain't getting into that stuff. You're a big kinky. I'm out of here. I don't know what you're on. Right? She could have went right into a place of reason. She could have went right into a place of, she could have denied the opportunity that was in front of her. But she had to activate something beyond her understanding. She had to activate faith. The Bible says each one of us is given faith, the size of a mustard seed that we need to activate. I know what she said? She said, let your word be unto me. The promise was given. She activated a faith. Let your word be unto me. At that time, right at that moment, that word, according to John 1, says that word became flesh. At that moment, she became pregnant because she allowed her faith to mix with the promise. And the faith mixed with the promise brings a miracle. And see, some of you are going through some, you've had a sideswipe in life, but God's given you the promise. He is the overcomer. He's already overcome. He's taken the victory, but He wants us to position our faith mixed with His promise. You've got to face the promise. Salvation. (laughs) Salvation is a miracle. But we've got to activate our faith. You are saved by what? Grace and faith. Grace comes from God. That's His part. Faith comes from us. Mix them together. Salvation. The miracle is birthed. The miracle is birthed. See, the Bible says you can't please, in Romans chapter 11, verse 6, says you can't please God unless by faith. You can't have a relationship with God unless by faith. So this whole thing, the whole sideswipe in life could literally be a setup for a miracle to happen if you're prepared to activate the faith according to the promise that God has. You've got to march. He says, come on, I want you to march out there. First Samuel chapter 17, David, he didn't sit back. David and Goliath, it says there that he actually ran at Goliath. When he had the opportunity, when they all, when D-Day come and they were going to meet in the valley, it says that, it didn't say that David sort of cowed back. He knew who God was. He knew the promise of God. He knew God in his life. You know what he did? He ran at him. He ran at him. He activated his faith. 
He knew his God. Faith the promise. Number eight, and we're going to activate what God's put in our lives for tonight. Praise goes first. Verse 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out to the head. Do you notice what they took? They didn't say, praise God, so we hope that you come through for us. He didn't appoint men to go, Lord, we're praising you on, on the hope that possibly what you've said is going to come true and that we're going to get rescued from this vast army. His view was on, only on God. He didn't allow the flesh, he didn't allow the pain, he didn't allow the insecurity to direct his praise. He said, we're going to praise God and we're going to praise Him for the splendour of His holiness, for His love endures forever. And we're going to declare that He is Lord. No, no matter the outcome, the promise is given, but we're going to praise. We're going to praise. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Amon. See, praise is a decision. Your praise tonight is a decision. It's an act of the will. It's a decision to say, I will praise. Have a look all the way through the Psalms. What did David say? I will praise. I will give an offering of praise. You know, praise is not an earthly language. Praise is not bound to culture. Praise is the language of the mature. Praise is the language of heaven. Heaven moves when people praise. The angels are astounded when we praise. They say, God, they don't even see you, but they praise and they worship. Praise is not bound to your feelings. Hey, praise is not bound to your culture. Praise is not bound to your personality. You might say, Steve, but I'm an introvert. It's not bound to your personality. Praise is not demanded. It's something that flows out of a relationship with God. You know, praise is something you put on. Praise is something you put on. You know, there's a spiritual wardrobe with the praise word written on it. Because the Bible says you've got to go there and put on the garment. You've got to put on the garment of praise. You've got to make a decision to go there and put it on. You don't have to shop for it. Jesus has already set it up for you. But you've got to go and put it on. You've got to make a decision. I will praise. <laughs> praise is an external expression of an internal conviction. It's an external expression of an internal conviction. Hey, I'm going to speak to the men for a second. Hey guys, you notice that Jehos Jehoshaphat set men in place to praise. I'm not having a go at ladies right now. I'm going to talk to you men. Us Aussie men. Us tradie Aussie blokes. You want to see breakthrough in your family? Let's see breakthrough in your family. Move out of your safe place and to praise God like you've never praised Him before. See, praise is not bound to our Australian culture. It's not, you know, every, every city's got a culture. Adelaide's got a culture. Every suburb's got cultures. It's not bound to your culture. Praise is a heavenly language that we activate. I've used this example many times and I won't do it, but I'll be quick because my wife sort of doesn't like me doing it to her. But praise is a love language. 
You know, God has a love language. It's called praise. And uh, in the morning, if I was to slap my wife in the arm and say, see you later, I'll have a great day. But that was my expression of love. I mean, fully, I'm serious. That's my full expression of love. How are you, darling? Have a great day. How many ladies would put up with that? You're laughing. (laughs) But that's how I want to express my love. That's how I want to express it. She should receive it because that's how I want to express it. It's not love, is it? It's not love until I find out how the person who wants to receive the love receives it so I can express it in the way they want to receive it. See, it's, it's stupid. You're tr- if you're trying to watch Channel 9 tuned into Channel 7, it's never going to happen. And sometimes we come to God and say this, well, God, you know my heart. You know I love you. I don't need to shout. I don't lift my hands. I don't need to kneel. I don't, God, you know, you know, we're good. We're good. We're good. Put my hands in my pocket. Come on, let's worship God. I'll put my head up. It's not praise. It's actually not worship. Because God has a love language. It's a whole lot of words of praise. I'm not going to get into all of them tonight, but all of them have a physical representation. Some of them are to throw out your hands. Some of them are to kneel. Some of them are to shout. Some are to express. Some are to dance. Some are to twirl. Can you believe that, guys? Twirl. But what it does, this is the biggest thing it does. It tells the flesh. It actually brings the flesh in line with where the spirit wants to go. And the biggest fight in praise is you telling your flesh to get in line. The biggest fight in praise is saying, I don't feel like doing this. Hey, guess what? None of us feel like jumping up and down sometimes. But it's not about feelings. It's about truth. It's about truth. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 